In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha, who was a healthy scratch after Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom returned. What is it about Anthony Mantha? Why is he such a polarizing player for the Capitals fan base? Let's talk about Anthony next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up or leave some comments. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCap. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we'll talk about Anthony Mantha and why is he such a polarizing player to the Capitals fan base. Either you love him or you hate him. Let's dive into that a little bit more. And then let's talk about Brian McClellan and his great ability to be a bargain shopper. See Sonny Milano and Eric Gustafson in years in the past, Brett Conley and Devontae Smith-Pelly. What is it about Brian McClellan that he is always able to find these true diamonds in the rough? But just to get it going here, let's talk about Anthony Mantha. Anthony Mantha was a player, as we know, that uh, the Capitals got in the trade for the Jacob Verona deal that sent him to the Red Wings, and the Capitals got Anthony Mantha in return. There was also a draft pick involved in there. But in any event, Jacob Verona was on the Capitals, and he was revered as the fastest player on the Capitals when he played here, but he never was really able to find his way. Uh, he would go on a goal-scoring kind of rampage, and then he, would, he wouldn't he would score any goals. But he was one kind of beloved player on the Capitals that the Caps fan base seemed to love, uh, and that, that's why a lot of the Caps fan base was upset when he subsequently was traded to the Red Wings, but he was never able to truly find his way with the Capitals. So then you insert Anthony Mantha, who on paper seemed to be a good fit. He was a good skater, a good goal scorer. But the thing about Anthony Mantha is, is that he is very hot and cold, hot and cold. Uh, Mantha had a big goal scoring uh, thing when he first came to the team. Verona, a young forward with 24 and 25 goal seasons already under his belt. Coincidentally, Mantha also had strikingly similar 24 and 25 goal campaigns on his ledger. This was a story in at Japer's Rink. They were talking about it. But what is it about Anthony Mantha? And I think that primarily... If you're able to take a look at it, it is his hot and cold nature. People love players that can score consistently on a night-in and night-out basis. And Anthony Mantha is not necessarily that player. You know, he has suffered quite a bit from injury. As we know, he had that uh, problem with his shoulder last season, and he missed a huge chunk of time. He came back to the team and scored a bunch of goals, and then it dried up again, and he didn't score any goals. So the tough thing about Anthony Mantha is to score on a consistent basis. That has been one of his bugaboos is to to score on a regular basis. Part of the reason, too, that he was brought to this team is because he is a large man, over six feet tall, 
and uh, over like 230 pounds. So he does have a big frame, but he is not intrinsically a tough guy. He is not a fighter per se. So, but when you take a look at him, um, that's one of the things. He is six foot five, 234 pounds. Uh, so far this year in uh, 42 games, he has nine goals in 14 assists. Career-wise, 117 goals in 395 games and 131 assists. So, you know, and that when he first came to this team, there was a lot of hope that he would, you know, kind of be that, fill that void that uh, Jacob Verona had that, you know, maybe he would score more, more on a consistent basis. But ultimately, why wasn't he able to do that? And part of the speculation uh, this in this article, and I agree with their assessment, was his most common line mates this year have been Lars Eller and Marcus Johansson a season ago. It was Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie. Even his offense-defense zone shift starts have been decidedly less favorable this year. And yet, Anthony Mantha is posting a career-best individual expected goal rate at 5-on-5, third among the team's forwards behind the greatest goal, goal, goal scorer excuse me, of all time and Sonny Milano and is outproducing that. Um, so it is a bit of an interesting thing out there. We knew that there was going to be winners and losers when Tom Wilson came back and when Nick Backstrom came back. And we know, you know, I think to a certain extent we thought, well, Alexi Protus is going to go out and uh, Joe Snively is going to go out. But there was still too many players on this team. Someone needed to get scratched. And it was Nicholas Abe-Cubel and it was Anthony Mantha. And I'll talk about this in a later segment. Anthony Mantha kind of saw the writing on the walls. He knew that he wasn't going to probably have a spot on this team just based on his hot and cold nature. Um, a lot of the other players that came in, see Sonny Milano kind of came in and lit the ice on fire. You know, he had a good nose for the puck. He was, you know, getting assists and scoring goals. Uh, and Anthony Mantha has struggled to do that on a consistent basis. But what is the root cause? If you kind of just take a look at him historically, that has kind of been one of his issues. Mantha has registered five-on-five goals at a higher rate than the Caps forwards other than Nick Dowd, Alex Ovechkin, and Milano. Assists at the second-highest clip behind Evgeny Kuznetsov trails only Protus and Dowd in on-ice expected goals for percentage. So it's not as if the team is sacrificing defense for offense with him on the ice. So then the question they have is, so how has a player with such an impressive production ended up on Peter Laviolette's uh, you know, list that he doesn't want to be on the ice. One goal in the last 11 games is obvious if unsatisfying of an answer that is. And his numbers have been uh, trailed off a bit over the small sample. When asked about the scratch, Laviolette offered the following answer. He said, uh, he said, excuse me, I'd have no problem if either one of those guys were in the lineup today, Cubell or Mantha, but they're not. I had to make decision. And that's where I started. I started off by going with Nicholas Abe Cubell, and I went with Anthony Mantha. And, you know, as they alluded to in that article, they know the answer. They know the answer right there is that uh, one goal in his last 11 games. Um, I mean, I don't think you need, it's any more mystery. I know that in this particular arter, article on Japer's Rink, they talk about that he is scoring goals, you know, at a pretty good clip when he is scoring goals and that, you know, he is not getting quite the production, uh, you know, with his new line mates this season. And that's true. But, uh, you know, in any case, you take a look at someone like 
Connor Sherry, for example, he is able to get production on the first line, the second, third, and fourth line. Why isn't someone like Anthony Mantha, who is a veteran in this league, able to do the same thing? He has got that big frame. He's got a good skill set. He's a great skater. Why can't he string together more games with multiple goals? It's just kind of one of the things uh, that's kind of holding him up. And, you know, it's not... Um, the Capitals' fault. They can't make him score more, uh, more goals. It's just kind of where he's at right now. He's a bit snake bitten. He's not able to score goals on a consistent basis. What is behind that? I guess it remains to be seen. Um, again, you know, if you take a look at last season when he missed a good chunk of time, he came back, he scored a bunch of goals. And he did that this season where he scored consecutive goals in multiple games, but then it went away. That is not the recipe for success. Uh, in the National Hockey League. That is going to get you demoted to the fourth line. That's going to get you demoted to a healthy scratch. And if it continues, it's going to get you demoted to the AHL and then the possibility of being traded, uh, the possibility of being put on the waiver wire or being bought out, something like that. So it is a tough thing. And I get questions all the time on Twitter. I'll get them on YouTube that, you know, why don't they trade Anthony Mantha to another team? And the short answer is there is I don't know what kind of return they would get for him. It's not like you're going to trade Anthony Mantha for Bo Horvat. That's not an apples for apples comparison. Um, so you've got to kind of take into consideration that Anthony Mantha does provide you know, some qualities to this team. Uh, he is able to score goals. He has a big frame. He is a great skater. Um, so the question is, is who are you going to get and are they going to be an upgrade over Anthony Mantha? Because if you're not upgrading, then that's kind of a losing scenario. And as we know, this Capitals team has struggled with consistency. So to just move on from him for moving on sake, um, is not probably the best idea. Um, and that's the tough thing out there. When you take a look at him, you know, if there's one area that the Capitals could beef up uh, would be the Caps' blue line because John Carlson is is injured. And, you know, the blue line is playing better. They have struggled at points through this season. So I guess if I was going to make a trade, I would trade Anthony Mantha if they could get an upgrade um, as far as a player, a defenseman on the blue line to help them solidify that position. We know that John Carlson is going to miss a good chunk of this season, if not the rest of this season. So if they could make an upgrade in some form, um, I guess I would do it on the defense, on the blue line. It's just a matter of who they could get. You know, again, I hear those comments and I hear all you guys on Twitter, you know, why don't they trade, you know, Anthony Mantha for, you know, this huge player? Well, that's not how it's going to work. Um, if you're going to trade uh, someone like um, Anthony Mantha, then you're going to get a comparable or even less. Uh, you'd almost have to bundle someone together like a draft pick or someone else on this roster to get a bigger name. And it's going to be Anthony Mantha plus, 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 plus to get someone like Bo Horvat on this team or an Eric Carlson. It's just not going to happen that way. Uh, for one, I don't expect to see any big movements the rest of this season. That's my take on the rest of this season as I would not expect to see many trades this season. Is it possible that there could be some trades at the deadline? Sure, but I don't expect to see anything earth-shaking, something that is going to uh, start the Twitter sphere on fire. I think it's going to be a small move 
like I say, something to solidify the blue line. But as far as the Caps are concerned, they don't have a lot of cap space to make any big moves. So I wouldn't expect them to make any moves, especially considering the fact that they're playing well as of late. Why would you want to shake up the chemistry and potentially screw things up? The Capitals had an amazing December why would you want to change that? I think they're playing pretty well. I think they're going to even be playing better with Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom in the lineup. So for me, I don't see the Caps making any big moves the rest of this season, you know, except maybe if they start to nosedive or if they face even more injuries. Uh, but even if they do that, take a look at what Brian McClellan has done. He's kind of done small moves, picking up Sonny Milano for a cheap deal. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Picking up Nicholas Abe-Cubell and, you know, just historically, like I talked about, Conley and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Those are the kind of uh, moves that I think that Brian McClellan is going to make if he's going to make any movement. I think, uh, you know, like I said, in years past when he's made these huge moves at the trade deadline, I think the Caps have learned their lesson. What they've done in the process of doing so is traded away draft picks, which has kind of really depleted uh, the Bears and the Stingrays. So I think if you take a look at the Bears and how well they're playing this year with the, the players that they have there, I don't think that the Capitals want to make any movements. I don't think they want to move pieces uh, from the AHL Hershey Bears that is stockpiled and playing well for, you know, a rental. The Caps don't want to have a rental this season, um, you know, because they've been burned on that in the past where they've given up a big player, but they've also depleted their um, farm system, if you will. So again, for Anthony Mantha, is there the possibility that they could move him? Sure. I just don't think that it's going to happen soon. Um, and if they do, you know, have a trade with Anthony Mantha, most likely it's not going to be something that is earth shaking. Uh, so that's one of the things to consider going forward here. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about what kind of player Anthony Mantha is historically. And then we'll talk about Anthony Mantha kind of saw the writing on the walls. He knew this was coming based on his play. Let's talk a little bit more about Anthony after the break. Online.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports, you can find those on Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are kind of taking a deep dive into Anthony Mantha and why is he a polarizing player and what is, you know, the forecast for him? Is he going to get moved? Uh, is he going to stay here? And what kind of role is he going to continue to have on this Capitals team? And I think, you know, a little bit of it is getting blown out of proportion because he was a healthy scratch in one game. Is it possible that he's going to be scratched for a while? Sure, but I don't think that that is necessarily going to be the long term for him. You know, if there's a player that starts to see a dip in production, then you could insert Anthony Mantha in there. Let's face it, this team has had a myriad of different injuries. You need that depth. And even if you looked at Anthony Mantha as a depth piece at this point, that's pretty good because Anthony Mantha, who would be a starter on a lot of different teams around the league, if you can have him as a depth player, as to have someone in the tank that's ready to go, 
that's a pretty good position to be in. So that's why I wouldn't be, you know, in such a hurry or even kind of tend to think that Anthony Mantha is going to get moved. So what is the scouting report? What is the origin story of Anthony Mantha? His scouting report is he is a brilliant skater with great speed. He is a dangerous scorer with a very good shot and quick release, which he loves to use. Mantha has a very good size and reach and knows how to hold on to the puck while receiving criticism for inconsistency. He has improved his defense play and physicality. Once he adds some grit and aggressiveness into his play, Mantha, Mantha has the tools to become a solid top six NHL forward. And uh, that was the scouting report on him. On what people thought, you know, scouts when he was a young player in this league. And that's one of the things that he was never quite able to find was to use his size to his advantage. I know that he's tried to um, add that to his skill set, but at the end of the day, that's not who... Anthony Mantha is intrinsically. He is not that tough guy. He has that big frame, but you know, in the fights that I've seen him in, it's kind of looked awkward and you can kind of just tell that's not who he is as a person. He's not the kind of guy. He's not a Tom Wilson. He's not a Garnet Hathaway and you can't really make him into that. Um, I think the Capitals tried to do that last season, especially in the playoffs against the Panthers. Tom Wilson gets injured in game one. They insert Mantha. And I said, I think they told him, you know, like, let's use that bulking frame to your advantage. Uh, and he tried to do that. But um, again, it's not really who he is um, as a player. And sometimes in those situations, you just got to kind of leave it at that. You know, that is not who someone is as a player. And sometimes you just can't make them uh, into being that kind of person. So when talking to Anthony Mantha about, you know, what kind of player he is and, you know, kind of how the writing was on the wall, he said, he's obviously not happy with my game. That's pretty much it, Mantha said bluntly. Through 42 games this season, Mantha has nine goals and 14 assists for 23 points while experiencing bouts of inconsistency at times. He'll be on his game and going on point streaks at other times. He'll cool down and fail to convert on several chances. However, he said the decision likely goes beyond his production, writes Washington Hockey now. I think I had a good stretch, a bad stretch. It's part of hockey. I don't think I was playing terrible, Mantha said. Obviously, the minutes were going down. A decision to play me at 948 in my last game there, so you kind of knew it was coming. I don't think it's necessarily the points and the goals he's mad about. I think it's more about the rest of the game. And what is that? And you know, like I just talked about there, he's got to use his body to his advantage. He is a huge guy. He's got to finish his checks. He's got to be that intimidator a little bit. He said, I felt good. I mean, body-wise, like you said, no injuries. I think, I think it's the first year in a couple of years that I played the first half of the season without getting injured. So I was pumped for that. Like I said, it's a slap in the face, maybe a wake-up call and work your way back. And um, again, if you're playing in the National Hockey League or any professional sport, you do have to have a thick skin because there is the possibility that something like this could happen. There is still the possibility that he could get waived. Uh, there is a possibility he could get traded. Um, and you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. I got to imagine if you've been playing hockey for this lengthy period of time, but it is a possibility. But again, for me, you know, that is a possibility an outside possibility for me. I think the capitals would like to hold on to him as a depth piece, if anything else. Maybe he'll get inserted and have more of a regular role on this team, but to have him in your back pocket is advantageous. 
I think I've played a little bit of everywhere I've been here, so you know, I don't think I could complain for that. He was trying to find combinations or duos or trios that was working really well, and I think I've played with a lot of different centermen, left, right wingers, and I can't complain for that. I mean, the first power play unit stacked here, so you know it's hard to get on there, and then you get only a couple, maybe 30 to 40 seconds max if you're on the second unit. So maybe that was the hardest kind of thing to perform and to bring those kind of goals or that kind of thing. Like I said, I'm not complaining. Again, you're not complaining. And, you know, I think part of it is, is he's being kind of self uh, assessing, you know, kind of reading uh, uh, what kind of player he is. I think that he knows he hasn't had that kind of production. I think just my work ethic right now, that's what I need to work on if I want to get back in the lineup and I'll have to show them. And he's going to have that opportunity to do that. I don't think that he has been written off by the Capitals. I just think that, you know, right now, based on the play of the other players on the team, he does not fit into their plans. I think it's going to be able to, you know, light a fire underneath to him to say, either I step up or maybe my future in Washington is not so bright. I think he has it in him to kind of work on his game. I mean, he's been in the league long enough. He knows what he needs to do. It's just kind of up to him to find that within himself to kind of take his game to the next level. I do think he has it. Um, it's just up to him to do it. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about some of the players that Brian McClellan has picked up over the past years or so. You take a look at Gustafson, you look at Milano, you look at Brett Conley and Devontae Smith-Pelly. Brian McClellan always has an eye for bargain shopping, and this year's been no exception. Let's talk about some of those moves next. Next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now I've been taking it for several months now and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Now, I personally take it because I have some young children at home, and if you have young children at home, sometimes you can use an extra boost of energy. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about some of the moves that Brian McClellan has made this season, in the offseason, and years before. And, uh, you know, some one of his biggest 
positives that Brian McClellan has is the ability to see diamonds in the rough. Maybe some players that have had, you know, flashes of greatness in their career, and then he they find their way to the Capitals and their game changers. See Brett Conley, see Devontae Smith-Pelly. Historically, he has been able to do that, and in the offseason was no exception. Eric Gustafson coming to this team on a one-year deal for only $800,000. What kind of player has Eric Gustafson been on this team? He has really stepped up and proved his worth on this team. A bit of a journeyman, but he has stepped up and played an excellent role on this team, especially in the absence of John Carlson. The Capitals have needed him on this team. You know, as we remember, John Carlson is out indefinitely and he ate up a lot of minutes. So they need players like Gustafson to step up big on this team. And he has done that so far. Playing on the third pairing with Trevor Van Riemsdyk following the departure of Justin Schultz. He has quickly become a top pairing defenseman. And with John Carlson out indefinitely, he is playing more minutes, producing and making a case as the number one blue liner, the 30-year-old leads all Washington D-men in assists with 18 and points 25, and all seven of his goals have come over the course of his last 11 games where he has 15 points. Not too bad for a guy that signed a one-year deal, kind of a prove-me deal, for $800,000. The problem now is how are you going to be able to keep someone like Eric Gustafson around in the long term. And why would you want to do that? Because as it stands right now, John Carlson is the only Caps blue liner that is under contract after this season. Just really think about that. So that's Dmitry Orloff. That is Jensen. That's Van Riemsdyk. That's all of them except for Martin Farivari and Alexiev who are restricted free agents. So it gets pretty interesting here. And you know, I know what you're thinking to yourself. Eric Gustafson is here. They got him for one year at $800,000. Oh, well, that was a deal that they had last season. But now consider his current play. You know that his agent is thinking to himself, you know, Caps, I know that you got him for $800,000 last year, but let's take a look at his stats. Oh, he got a lot better. So I am going to expect double or triple or whatever the case is to keep him around here. Is that a part of the Capitals' plans? I guess that remains to be seen. This team is facing a rebuild at some point, but it's not going to be for some time. It's going to be after the Alex Ovechkin era, as we've spoke of on this podcast. There were promises made to Alex Ovechkin that he would stay on a competing team and that he would not be playing on a team that's tear it down to the studs and start all over again. So it's an interesting you know, problem, I guess you could say, for the Capitals about who they're going to keep. Eric Gustafson... A pleasant surprise. Make no mistake about it, but how much is he going to demand in the offseason? Are they going to be able to keep him around? Is he going to be able to sustain his productivity through the rest of the season? I know in this sample size, in in a vacuum, he's playing really well right now, but let's widen the lens out a little bit and see what kind of player he is. Let's take the face off the clock and look at the gears and see if intrinsically is this what kind of player he is. If he can continue to get this kind of production throughout the rest of the season, then I'm all in. Where do I got to sign? Let's keep him on this team if they can get him on, you know, somewhat of a cheap deal. Like I said, there's not a lot of cap space on this team right now. And are you going to bring Orloff back? Are you going to uh, bring back Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Jensen? 
Um, who, who are you going to bring back on the blue line? Because they're not all going to be able to come back. Are you going to want to sign someone like Orloff to a five-year deal? Are you going to want to sign Gustafson to a, a really long deal when it's only a sample size? He's had good production this year. And I know he played pretty well for Chicago last year, but is that who he's going to be over the long term? Those are the tough questions to answer for me. As of right now, do I think that I would re-sign Eric Gustafson to a new deal after this year? Absolutely. As long as he doesn't fall off. Those are the things to consider. Another player that has been a positive acquisition, of course, has been Sonny Milano signing a one-year deal for $750,000 just three games into the season amid questions up front through 30 games. He has seven goals and 12 assists for 19 points, which put, puts him on a .63 points per game pace. That would translate to 51 points in a full 82 campaign the 26-year-old has the eighth lowest cost per point at 39473 among standard contract players, writes Washington Hockey Now. Wow, again, another positive acquisition on the cheap. Finding Sonny Milano when he was released uh, from a PTO uh, from the uh, Cal- uh, Calgary Flames, what a big acquisition. I know he had uh, a big season with the uh, Anaheim Ducks, but for them to be able to, to find him, why didn't the Calgary Flames keep him? That's a question that I guess, uh, you know, I guess I didn't see how he played with the Flames, but for him to come here and play so well, it puts the Capitals in an interesting position. Is there a spot for him on this on this team? That is a big question. We know that there's players in Hershey that are itching for their opportunity to find the role on this big team. Is Sonny Milano a part of that? Again, can he maintain his productivity throughout the entire season? Because, you know, we talked about off the top of the show, everything looks good in a vacuum. Anthony Manta looks good in a vacuum. When he played a sample size, you could point to him scoring 10 goals in 10 games and go, wow, he is a great player. But how did he play the 10 games after that? So I guess before the Caps get ahead of themselves, let's see how Sonny Milano plays the rest of the season. Let's see how Eric Gustafson plays the rest of the season. Um, are they going to be another case of hot and cold? We really don't know uh, because before, up, you know, until recently, Eric, Gust- Eric Gustafson played okay. But in this small sample size, in this vacuum moment right here is when he's played really good. Let's see if he we can get that to spread out and he can play well for the rest of the season. And then you can kind of reevaluate. Same goes for Sonny Milano. Same goes for the rest of the Caps blue line. Uh, there is going to be a ton of questions uh, that Brian McClellan and ownership and, you know, Ross Mahoney, all these guys are going to have to answer in the offseason. Who do they want to bring back? You know, kudos goes to Brian McClellan and the scouts and whoever else were involved in bringing these players to this team because they have done great things. But you take a look at certain players like Brett Conley, who played well on this team, played so well. In fact, this is kind of what I'm talking about, kind of the comparison to Gustafson. He played so well on the Capitals that he was able to get a bigger and better deal on the Panthers. And that's where he went and subsequently you know, he doesn't play in the NHL anymore. So, you know, it's about sustaining and, you know, able to find 
roles on this team. And Brett Conley, I don't believe he plays in the NHL anymore. He might be a depth player. But uh, in any case, he he did not go on and continue bigger and better things out there. So that's the thing, is to be able to assess what kind of talent you have and can that talent that you have, can you, you know, have that be spread out over an entire season? You know, I know it's easy to be drinking the Eric Gustafson and Sonny Milano Kool-Aid right now, but that Kool-Aid's going to make you sick if they decide to drop off at some point. I have no reason to believe that Eric Gustafson and Sonny Milano will, but as of right now, they're playing great. Let's hope they can continue to get that production throughout the entire season, and uh, it'll make it an easier question for the Capitals uh, to have to answer in the offseason when they have other questions to answer about who to bring back. Like I said, they have tough questions ahead about who to bring back on the blue line in particular, but uh, there are some other questions as well as to who should be on this team and it's a good position to be playing so well that it's hard to know who to bring back. You know, it's kind of a, uh, it's a, it's a envious position uh, for the Capitals to be in and Brian McClellan to be in for that matter. All right. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. Uh, this Capitals team is playing well. It's a really, you know, a good time to be a Caps fan. Let's hope they can keep the winning going. Uh, so they can make some more pushes up the standings in the Metro Division and hope for a big finish to this season. That's what I'm hoping for. I'll talk to you guys again next time.